friends, Josh and Kirk coming to you again on Friday night with another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We're coming to you after another thrilling national television game. This time, the Dallas Mavericks defeated the New Orleans Pelicans 143-130. to Josh Bo, who needs defense? No one does, uh, especially this seemingly 2003 or reincarnation of the 2003 Dallas Mavericks that were... <laughs> currently watching which is awesome I, I i had a great time i don't know where to start i think we should start with with maybe with uh what got the game going uh chris Stapps porzingis played a really wild game if we're really looking at it from a big picture perspective his stat line is something wild to behold he had 36 points on 13 of 21 shooting 8 of 13 from beyond the arc, and he didn't take a 3 in the much, pretty much past the middle of the third quarter, I think. Um, He had 7 rebounds, and he had 1 assist and 1 block. Um, His shooting kind of foretold the story of the night for the Mavericks, at least as far as his early shooting went, because he hit like 4 threes in what, the first quarter? Yeah, four four threes in like the first 5 minutes of the game. Because I was, I had tuned in a little bit late. So, the the Porzingis experience. He shot eleven times in the first quarter, um, and then only shot, ten, then only shot ten more shots the rest of the game. Um, he seemed to really just. He was doing on on offense, specifically on offense. He was doing a lot of the things that I had been sort of hoping for as a seven foot three guy with a long stride, as a right handed guy. When he dribbles right-handed, he covers ground. He took one to the rack for one of his few uh, inside-the-arc shots and and got fouled on a layup going to the rim because he's just so long. And that was a lot of fun to see. He was doing some kind of whirling dervish post moves. He got bailed out on a few post-up moves. It was really kind of the the entire, at least offensively, the entire the entirety of the KP experience. Yeah, I mean, I want to tell you something like really profound about his game and like him doing something that the Mavericks did specifically or (laughs) like you know something he did but like man he just made shots like a lot of this just boils down to you know his three-point shooting uh because what's really funny about his season this this year is that his shooting numbers inside the three-point line are actually you know significant I don't know significantly is the right word but they are better than what he was doing Last season, uh, mm-hmm. it was just basically what was off, uh, at least offensively, was his his three point shooting. Uh, so he was kind of due for for one of these nights, and he had one. I thought this was going to happen against the Timberwolves. He started. He also started the first quarter. Man, insanely hot. I think he had like seventeen points in like the first, you know, twelve thirteen minutes of that game. Uh, and you thought, okay, here's the big blow up game, and then he. He kind of petered off after that. Uh, he didn't necessarily finish the the second half strong. I mean, no one on the Mavericks finished the second half strong in that Timberwolves game. So it, it's been a long time coming, and we've started to see signs. He was he's shooting before this game thirty eight percent, well basically thirty nine percent from three. So it's gotten a little better. And Kirk, I think you had an outrageous stat about what his season long three-point shooting is now uh how much he raised it in just one game do you still have that so he is now because he he took 13 attempts and he had 
So now he is 38 of 105 for the season. And that is a hair over, he's 36.2%. He raised his his season-long uh, three-point percentage by nearly four full points. Just <laughs> <laughs> And that's crazy to have yes. happen. I know he's not played a ton of games. But that's pretty crazy to have happen after like 15 games or something, whatever he's done. It's just because, he, you know, it, it feels like he shoots a lot of threes, but, you know, he had 92 before tonight and he took 13 tonight. Like that's more than that's essentially 12% of his total volume um, in one game. And so it's it's interesting because, you know, friend of the of the podcast, former Mavs Moneyball editor, Tim Cato tweeted, then deleted something about maybe KP should shoot 23s. And on a night when a team is as ridiculous as Pelicans defense is, is giving them threes. There's not, I mean, there's not really a good argument against KP and really any of the Mavs shoot like not shooting threes. It was really something to to behold. I, yeah. I don't even know what to do. They hit so many threes. They hit 25, <laughs> which is a franchise record. They scored 75 points from beyond the arc. <laughs> Uh, this was definitely the math game because Zion Williamson scored, he made 14 of his 15 shots, <laughs> but none of them were threes. None. So it didn't matter. And his it was, one miss was a, was a three pointer. Yeah. And it was hilarious to watch in the third quarter when the Mavericks were kind of, when the Mavericks offense was exploding and it was like, man, but, but the Pelicans keep scoring just about every single time down the floor, but it was just Zion layups. And then Luca would come back and make a three, another Zion layup, Kristaps three, another Zion layup, another Luca three. And it was just, it was hilarious because the Mavericks really played some, some God awful defense in this game, but it didn't matter because three, three is worth more than two. And I, it, I don't think I've ever seen it uh, personified more in a single game than, than this one. Uh, and Kirk, I wanted to talk about you. You mentioned about how he almost took like Kristaps almost took like twelve percent of his threes in one game. He is down um, on three. Last year he was seven point one attempts per game. This year he's at six point one. Um, his three point rate is he's about thirty seven percent. It was forty three percent. I'm guess three point rate. You know percentage of field goal attempts that are from three. So it's, he's taken less, and I think it's been that weird push-pull of how he's being, you know, trying to be scoring more toward the basket and that kind of stuff. But this was right. a game where – Kirk, didn't this feel like a game where it was, like, less thinking, more just like, I'm just going to shoot the shots that I get and not think about where they're coming from? Just if I'm open, I'm shooting. And and the, he was open on a lot of them. And then, of course, once you get rolling like that, you can take some of the – outlandish ones he took later in the game but, well, it was uh, it was like the ultimate positive regression game for the mavericks because yes. they're not they weren't going to hang out as the worst three-point shooting team forever no. uh it, it just was bound to happen and and you know they've been in the last several games their shot profile they have been taking fewer threes because they just haven't been going down um and so it was it was just nice to see because i mean when you look through when you look through the lineup yeah, it's it's pretty impossible to stop. Uh, you know, when Sir Luca and and Porzingis were thirteen of twenty one from distance, like that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem. They'll never lose. They'll never. Uh, lose. <laughs> uh, you know, but then you look through the rest of it, and Maxi Kleba hit two of five. Um, Richardson was one of three. Dorian, Dorian four of five. Dorian Dorian's three point shooting. 
I mean, I was ready to eject him into space after December where he shot something like 25% from three. I want to say his month-by-month numbers have actually risen to approaching where he was during that uh, essentially 30-game stretch to start 2019-2020 where he was like like 38% from three. He's been Mm -hmm. really looking good. Um, And then, you know, Hardaway came back to earth a little bit. Brunson hit two. It, it, it's just kind of a wild box score to look at. And, and the threes were, were you know, they, they were the, the, the driver behind the victory. And, and the Pelicans have had a problem with this. They just don't defend them. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is uh, they play Steven Adams, who is not necessarily a mobile big. And he's getting, I mean, he's not like old, old. But just as seasons go on, it's just becoming harder for him to stay on the floor, especially when they play him with Zion. And I, you know, I don't watch... I can't tell you I've watched every single Pelicans game, but reading the smart people that do watch all those games, uh, Zion's defense has not been uh, where it probably needs to be for a player of his stature. Uh, and so after that, you know, you kind of look down the roster and I don't think they have a lot of great, def- you know, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe is probably their best defender and maybe, you know, Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball. But after that, you know, they don't have a lot of stoppers necessarily. So... Uh, well, when you it, play two bigs, it's hard to get out to the, to all these shooters. And and it's interesting that you that I I think the Zion defense is a perfect pivot to to the the kind of you know the what'll probably be the headliner uh, is Luka Doncic put every single <laughs> Pelicans defender in the blender, including Zion, who he scored his career high forty fifth and forty six points on. Oh yeah, uh, on a really nice drive. I mean, that game was the Luka Doncic game. Every single facet. I wrote a short post about it just because you know it'll it'll do well in traffic from people who don't come to our site that much. I mean, he was in his bag from everywhere. The mid range was was really frightening. He put the brakes on a couple of Brandon Ingram defended plays that had me just like going oh my gosh because ingram is tall and long and he'd actually i remember in luca's rookie year he actually gave uh luca some like probably played him one of the best out of out of the the guys that stuck with luca for a while um and and just watching how luca has really just developed that that it's not a step back but it's a stop on a dime using the defender's momentum against them at about the 14 to 18 foot mark and he just has this unbelievable delivery and the shots look good which give me a lot of hope for his three-point shot where he hit five of eight tonight and all but um i want to say three of the five were really like just soft pull-ups that were were really something to behold. Uh, Steven Adams got switched onto him a couple on, on for a few of those where it's just like, oh my goodness. And then he hit one over Kira Lewis. And it was just like that's the player. That's the MVP caliber player tonight that we saw from Luca because he he did a little bit of everything and started the game really piss poor. To be quite, yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest, like he was feeding Luca, but he also just didn't look right. And the fact that he finished with 46 is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And he, so he played 40 minutes, scored 46 points. He took 30 shots. He had 12 assists. He only had three turnovers, mm. um, which is just wild because, I mean, in a game like this, it wouldn't have shocked me if he had like, you know, seven, five, six, seven. Uh, that, and that's not a knock. It's just 
like we have to kind of recalibrate what is a bad turnover number for when these guys have the ball in their hands way more mm-hmm. than they used to, you know, when we grew up watching, watching the right. games. Uh, so for him to have three turnovers, like to compare this, you know, his 42 point 11 assist game against in the win against the Warriors, he had seven and that wasn't like horrible. Like he had some, he had a couple of bad ones, but that's not like a, team killing number when you have the ball in your hands and you're scoring that many points you're taking that many shots mm-hmm. so for him to only have three turnovers that was that was pretty outrageous the ball was really moving moving around uh and he it's it's another thing about Kristaps. like man if he's making threes i mean it's over that's why luca that's like it's, i actually just wrote about that that is why luca had some of the space that he did because they they had to pick and choose and yeah. it, it, at a certain point, you're defending the three over defending the two, but the Pelicans had really prioritized in, in the lane defense, and it just did not matter. Yeah, he got – you mentioned this, I think, in Slack or, or something. Uh, th- this was probably – he probably had the, the cleanest uh, layup attempts or shots near the rim that he's had in a while. Um, mm-hmm. We've been talking about his great mid-range game, and it's felt like he's had to have that great mid-range game because – getting to the rim has been a little a little bit more difficult when you consider the combination of the Mavericks three-point shooting struggles and that they don't have uh, a rim runner since Dwight Powell uh, is not the same player as he once was and Willie Cauley-Stein uh, before these last two games seemingly could not dunk the basketball consistently and then you know Kristaps is kind of more of a pick and pop guy so it was really hard for him to get to the rim as much as he did last year uh, and tonight man he had he had some clean clean finishes uh, around the basket i mean he still had like some of his crazy his crazy finishes through contact and stuff like that but i noticed like maybe two three four shots around the rim that he wasn't necessarily laboring uh, on those shots which is something he did a lot last year and we haven't mm-hmm. seen as much this season and it was nice he had one on on hernan gomez from the right wing mm-hmm. where I, some of it was was he had a little hezzy move about like he got two two steps in from the three point line, about fifteen foot out, and just slowed enough to where Hernan Gomez just stopped, and <laughs> Luca just like lays it in casually off the grass. It was really something to behold. But this, you know, the Luca stuff we're, we'll probably see a lot of. Everybody knows Luca's awesome. Then we <laughs> got to get to uh, who I I tweeted jokingly. My father, Jalen Brunson, who had another <laughs> absolutely outstanding standing performance off the bench 13 points seven assists six rebounds and the talk online at this point is you know the 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 the, the wizards are going to have to give us more than bradley beal if they want jalen brunson <laughs> is, is is what i'm hearing um i can't uh, remember who tweeted me that but it was an, it made me laugh it was a great great tweet uh, whoever sent that he <laughs> I mean, he's shooting over 50% from the field on the season, and this is not a guy that necessarily lives in the paint. Uh, I know he's good getting to the basket there, but for him to have the shooting numbers he's having, uh, it's pretty wild how comfortable he is. And it's been really huge for this Mavericks team and this win streak for them to have another guy that can dribble into a credible shot. And, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. has been doing a little bit in this winning streak too. But, you know, he is a shooter, and to have a guy that can also pass out of those situations besides Luka, uh, I mean, it's been huge. Uh, I just – I don't know. There's there's not enough in the world to say – there's not as, like not enough words to describe how good he's been and how huge and important he's been for this team for the last month, it feels like. 
Uh, and it's you, you know, this wasn't a clutch game, but I talked about it. I wrote about it after the Atlanta game. They closed the game with him, and he was such a difference maker because the, the Atlanta tried to get the ball out of Lucas' hands so much, and he's he's just so confident working in that space. Uh, and I think what was really nice tonight was he was able to do some of his damage. He didn't play a huge minutes game, you know, twenty two minutes. He only took five shots, and you know, only scored thirteen points compared to what he did in the Atlanta game. But uh, I thought he contributed really well in the non-Luka minutes, which is the, the question I have for him is can he do that consistently? Uh, because I think he's really shown he's a very, very valuable next to Luka because I think Luka's attention and gravity is exactly what he needs. He's like to, he, he seems to fit in so well as like the secondary uh, playmaker on the floor. But for him to also have a good game tonight and to do that in minutes without Luka, like that's, to me that just feels like, you know, uh, just like a bonus. So yeah, because I I hadn't liked him going back. <laughs> oh, no, you? To, well, the, what no, I, I didn't like was when they would turn the ball over to him for huge stretches. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they didn't have a choice last year when Luca got hurt, and and right. he had to carry for a long time. And it's not you know he's second round guy, and he's six one, and and they expected a lot from him last year. And I like how they've given him the chance to be the secondary ball handler with Luca. Where when he's with Luca, his decision making is his has been cut down. And then then you know he's like his confidence gets going, and then he's playing. Then when he does play without Luca, he's the primary ball handler. But it's not for like eight minutes at a time; it's for like three. And and he just does a whole lot without a ton of of um, he doesn't you know he doesn't need a ton to get going. And at a certain point, it's like, oh, when's the when's the stretch going to stop? When is he going to stop being hot? And it's really hard when you look at the data because he just hasn't really been bad. Like, he's been kind of yeah. awesome the whole year. Kirk, he's had four turnovers in the month of February. Two, Total. which, I mean, that was the <laughs> stuff that I was hating in December because he would yeah. have, like, three turnover games. That's incredible. He had six turnovers in the first two games of the season. He's had four <laughs> in the month of February. Wow. Man, what a pull. That's a good stat, Josh. Thank you. Uh, But you you hit the nail on the head. Like, he looks so good when Luka runs a pick and roll or runs a primary action and a defense maybe stamps it out and Luka doesn't get the look he wants. And when he gets the ball on a kickout, when a defense is rotating and scattering, you made a good point. Like, it it feels like the decision tree – is shorter like there is not as much for him to break down and process not saying that he can't do it like he's not he's obviously you know a smart heady player but just for a guy in his situation his size and his skill set I think it just it's all it makes all the difference in the world when he's catching the ball against a defense that has already moved around a little bit Mm -hmm. compared to here's the ball break down this defense yourself and and get us something and I think it makes a big difference well, I mean, there's probably this is the kind of game where we could kind of ramble for a while, but I'm not, you know, I I, I don't I, I think we should probably get out of here. I want to say <laughs> I, I do want to say that the team defense, the team defense needs to improve. They as a unit were rough at times. The transition defense, like they lost Zion three times in transition defense. He is the most enormous human at 6'7 <laughs> I have ever seen. How do you lose him? 
anyway. That's probably my only real gripe because, you know, you can look at the statistical lines and go, oh, what if KP doesn't shoot eight shots from distance? Well, my second, you know, or hit eight threes. Well, my, my pushback on that is, you know, is Zion Williamson going to hit all 14 shots from two-point range? Like, Maxi Kleba is coming back from, from the edge of death at a certain point. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a little exaggerative. But yeah, but you hit him hard. I'm hopeful he looks like a different player in a month. Like, he's just – last year he really did well on, on Zion, and Zion was heavier. So, I mean, there's just – there's that. There's there's just so many little things you can take away from this game in a positive sense. Uh, and, and it's like you said, you know, you you and Tim Cato said at the beginning of March, like, I think they could – or, you know, basically four games ago, I think they could rip off four straight. And what do you know? They've ripped off four straight. So it helps when you stop playing some of the best teams in the league and it you does. play at home. <laughs> it does. That's fantastic. Well, we need to go ahead and get up a bunch of content because people should want to read about this game. You know, check out all of our stuff on MavsMoneyBall.com. We will be back uh, somehow. I, I All of us get to explain to our significant others that the Mavs have a game on, on um, Valentine's Day evening, which has been bumped to another national TV game, I'm pretty sure. So let's, uh, let's all do this again on uh, Sunday night as the Mavs uh, hopefully score 150. Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you in a couple of days. 